Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brenda McCullough. Just us again, Bren. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. I found out all the overtime I'm working this month. Half of it's not considered overtime, because I had to take days off. So, <laughs> that ruined my Saturday. <laughs> Wait, yeah, how are things good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, besides that. Besides work, oh, okay. which is Fair now enough. 70% of my life. But otherwise, uh, a lot of comics, a lot of anime, a lot of... I bought. Uh, I just bought myself uh, the complete series of Adventure Time because that's oh, all wrapped nice. up, and they released the DVDs as like the full box set. And uh, for anyone who watched it, it's based around the Enchiridion, which is like the adventurer's handbook that Finn uses. So it's all in the shape of a book. So all the different discs are different pages, and it's got big, beautiful artwork on every page, and halfway through the book it just has a little pop-up of like the treehouse and the ice mountain and the candy kingdom oh damn really cool and there's like a bunch of bonus content i i'm very much looking forward to binging all that show in probably two days because it's all very short despite how many episodes there are yeah so it's like 10 minute episodes so yeah like yeah i can knock through it pretty quick and it's by far one of my favorite shows of all time totally and sounds like a really good collector's item and a way to like treasure that show in a physical way yeah, for anyone who is interested in it, I would recommend getting it sooner rather than later because I don't know if it's a limited supply or not. It totally. seemed like it was from the few places I uh, looked around, like Walmart and stuff. So I'd snatch it up quick if you're an Adventure Time fan. That's fair. Um, I'm happy for a specific reason. I finally wrapped up almost better than Dragons, and we're not going <laughs> to go into it too much. But like, it's over. It's over. It feels like yeah, I'm like Frodo, and like he's like the ring. The weight is off my chest. It's like <laughs> it was just such an undertaking. Honestly, that show should have never seen the light of day. Past like Matt <laughs> being like, I'm out. So like. For listeners who don't know, we'll give a little background because this this is a video game podcast, but we're going to be a little nostalgic here. Um, I mean, it's our other show. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. We had an offshoot podcast that was a D&D actual play podcast called Almost Better Than Dragons, and we were promoting it early on. It was primarily the reason we started Almost Better Net, and actually that com- that brings me to have to come to an announcement on this episode, a pretty depressing one. It's Uh, not like the network is dissolving, but like we no longer have almost better.net as a URL and we are no longer like maintaining that. So as a result, like Erie Canal theaters on hiatus, Dumbbells and Dragons is on hiatus, like almost better than Dragons just wrapped up and doesn't have a foreseeable uh, season three anytime soon. Like it's basically the the network is no longer a thing, but in spirit, we are like still, uh, network friends with the one track gamers and press continue podcasts and all of that stuff. But that all being said, uh, almost better than dragons was something that we started in 2015 and it was really the brainchild of, yeah, I know. Think about that. Uh, It was was the brainchild of Matt Basta, our co-host. And he was just, I I don't know if it was him being a fan of the adventure zone or how that all panned out. What were you going to say? Well, we started with D 20 modern with like a zombie uh, that's correct game with aj being the a gm i guess rather because there's no dungeons in that so that's how it originally started yeah well there was like a 13 or so episode season of yeah just us in canada shooting uh, zombies yeah. uh, with uh, Greybeard and the whole nine yards and in fact sick rhymes uh, Jeremy Dubs was a, a main character in that season. Uh, that that was a really interesting one. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Then Matt decided to take over as the DM for D&D. yeah D twenty, and it was absolutely nuts. Uh, it was his first time though, so it was a little bit rough as far, especially with the pacing. But the the neat thing about it was he we spent was, the whole, sorry to interrupt. We spent the whole fucking episode in a bank. And we yeah. were like, what are we doing here? He's like, nothing. You're not supposed to be in here. We're like, why did you let us go in here? Yeah, he's got to take control <laughs> in certain situations and he wouldn't. Um, but he kind of had this big world set out where, like, before we even started, he's like, here's the continent. Here's the map. Here's different regions. And we're just like, oh, shit. Like, I mean, like like anything Bassett does, it was not like half-assed. Like, he went no. in 110% immediately. Yeah, there was a lot of world building and a lot of uh, background to our characters. 
overall, though, what ended up happening was as time went by, like scheduling something like this is extraordinarily challenging, especially for us as adults and stuff. But we were Mm -hmm. able to do it for a long time. But it got to the point where with him and Pinecast and other obligations, he's like, I just don't foresee me being able to complete this. And the thing was... At that point, we should have just all agreed that was fun while it lasted and called it quits. But for some reason, I was like, I really adore these characters. And I feel like if we have any listeners, which we probably didn't. Uh, we, Which is. Th- well, yeah, there's there's people <laughs> listening. And yeah, he would always hit me up and be like, when's the next ABTD? I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that show. Because I, um, <laughs> well, I would tell him, like, we would talk about it on this podcast. Be like, oh, yeah, the next episode's not going to be out for a while. And then he would hit us up in a stream and be like, oh, when's it coming out? I was like, don't you listen to ABTS? He's like, nah, man. I just yeah. D D one. It's like, oh, cool, thanks. Fuck it us. Was fu- <laughs> that, that's true. But it was funny. Every uh, random time I'd stream and he'd show up and be like, "When's the next ABTD?" I was like, "It just published now." He's like, "I'll see ya." <laughs> I was like, All <laughs> I'm right. out. Yeah. So there were people that were listening, and it made me think to myself, "I want to get this going and continue it." And I remember it was honestly just blind fate. I went on Facebook and was like. To my friends, uh, who's someone that would be interested in uh, doing DMing a campaign that's already halfway started <laughs> and for a podcast, no less? And I got a pretty good response from people being interested. But the one that stuck out to me was Mike McGettigan, which mm-hmm. at that point, we barely knew each other. I had just had him on one episode of our show when we interviewed Erie Canal Theater about Switchboard Infinity, mm-hmm. by far one of my favorite productions they've ever that done. If you haven't listened yeah. to Switchboard Infinity, go check that shit out. They also did a follow-up. Uh, the name's escaping me right now, but it was like about a comedian. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, but regardless, when he was said he would be interested, I'm like, well, let's at least just do one episode with him and see if it's gonna work. And by all means, he did such an excellent job. And it, the way the story panned out, it actually worked out that he kind of just sent us to a whole new timeline where we could follow his story arcs rather than like be concerned with anything that happened at all previously. So that's the thing for anyone that's diving into that show. I almost recommend starting with the Mike episodes. I think the episodes called DM swap and just complete the series. But if you want like the full background of these characters, by all means, start from episode one. It is a bit of a drag, but that's what I mean. There's 46 episodes in this season and all of them are about an hour or more. So I feel like, if we were to ever do this again, I would try to slim that down and make it a, a little bit more manageable. And in fact, during like I was reading one of the episode descriptions of like when we're like, oh, this is one of our last episodes with Matt, but we have a new DM, Mike McGettigan, coming on. We're going to try to wrap this up in the next 10 episodes or so. <laughs> and I was like, literally 26 or 27 episodes later, and then like two or three years later, uh, we finally <laughs> pulled it off. So that's why I'm in a good mood because I literally spent a little bit of every night after work working on this insane episode where uh someone's headphones were off and i was picking up echo on the on one of the tracks and there's five tracks and it was a three-hour session with many breaks and like lots of ums and like looking shit up in in uh character notebooks and stuff so it was a whole nightmare of an undertaking but uh staying up till midnight last night i'm like i'm not going to bed until this is done (laughs) and yeah and, and then i had to record an outro this morning and it's finally available so i i can finally say that instead of being like you can look forward to this it might happen it's done it's, it's, it's finally over. done yeah so and I'm, I'm super proud of it I, I even though me admitting that it's hard to be like it's an it's a total undertaking i don't expect your average person to be like i'm gonna listen to 46 episodes hour-long episodes of like this story that's half-assed and like barely put together but there's some really comedic moments that like i feel like us at that's least yeah. you could hear yeah. us having fun and i th- feel like you're listening if you're someone who listens to that kind of stuff you should have fun too hopefully that fucking chimera the episode before mike's like hey you don't have to end every like encounter with combat like you can use diplomacy and talk your way out of stuff sometimes we're like yeah we know i mean i was the dumb barbarian so that's what i was trying to do and then the next encounter we're like oh we met a chimera that i happen to know the same language to let me try and talk my way out of it and then like as he's like pleading for his life i was like all right we'll heal you and then we'll part ways and we'll be good we don't have to kill each other agreed he's like yeah cool Tune my back on him and he fucking douses me with like fire or acid or some bullshit and nearly kills me. I'm just like, you, Mike, you son of a bitch. You set <laughs> yeah, me up. You he did had that some on great purpose. great moments. There was some shit where like he would just be cracking up. I don't know. Just like totally bringing uh, serious joy as a listener and editing it was fun. Uh, there was this one thing in like the later episodes that really 
was enjoyable where we get reunited with the character Aniston and he finally meets the character Brank, which is played by Mike. Oh, yeah. uh, Brank's a dwarf, Aniston's an elf. So already there's some like heat there. They don't get along at all, but then it just exacerbates. And in fact, like part two of the season finale, the first half hour is just Brank and Aniston like in a hissy fit. It's insane. So like definitely it's very funny. And I don't know. It was just a fun thing. <laughs> He put the cursed ring on AJ's finger. He couldn't get it off. So he, he forgave me for off. it. At the very end, when we were saying our goodbyes, I said to him, I'm like, I'm sorry about your finger. And he's like, it's cool. Um, so dumb. It was. Mark, it was a, the Mark episode was one of the most painful experiences of my life. It was. And he also made like a weird cameo in one of the season finale episodes because like AJ starts cracking up being like, Mark's sharing memes in our fucking yeah, Slack. And yeah. I was like, oh, God damn it. Um, and I left it in just because I wanted listeners who who happen to remember Mark. Oh, <laughs> shit. And pain. that's something I forgot to put Mark in as in the final credits of like, oh, our past guests, all these people. I forgot Mark. It, Damn that's it. fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's no almost a perfect. No one's worried. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that was our ABTD talk, and I'm glad it's over. But moving yeah. on, and well, sorry um, to announce the network's kind of dissolving. Yeah. I'll say also, AJ is the only one who really had experience with like D&D before that. Like Mike had some back you know, back when he was in high school and stuff, so it was years ago. But I think for me, you and Basta, it was all kind of like a you know, we all knew what D D was, but I think that was the first real campaign we sat down and like played. So it was a lot of us learning the game as we played. So that's why it added to a little like the shaky, you know, combat stuff and no, you know, not knowing everything, but it was still very enjoyable. Yeah. Absolutely. The other show for Erie Canal Theater is Laughageddon. That's the one. I that's actually oh man, it's hard to compare them because they're like both so incredible. But I almost think I like Laugh Again and more just out of like the pure comedy aspect of it. But mm-hmm. if you're going for more sci-fi thing, Switchboard Infinity all the way. Yeah, I think I like Switchboard Infinity just because it like caught me so off guard when I first heard it, and it just like really hooked me early on. Yeah, they're such incredible people. And actually, uh, Joe from Erie Canal just texted me earlier today, and I'm he's up to some new projects. So hopefully, we can give you guys an update on that. We'll see. Cool. But back to video games. There I I actually did get around to playing something. It's not much, but it is the Life is Strange 2 episode 3 and <laughs> you sound Oh man. So excited. No, well, I'm not. It's like <laughs> that's that's the thing. We know my feelings on this. We've talked about it before and it's kind of weird though. It almost seems like the people promoting this game forgot about this game too because like I didn't really see any like sponsored posts on Facebook or like super coverage of like this episode's finally out. It just kind of came out under the radar and the only way I found out about it was a friend of the show Nick Jenkins from Gamers Without Bor- uh Gamers Without Borders. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh he he uh tweeted at us saying that oh yeah, it's now available. Uh no thanks to like coverage well, I, or anything i wonder because i don't really remember any advertising for the first one i remember you telling me about the first one and i think it was just like the fan fervor for it or i think i might have just played it when it was all out when it was all finished I right think i think exactly. that was the case yeah we're close to it but yeah i don't really remember any advertising for the first one i just remember hearing people talking about it so i think i don't know if they're advertising it less or if just people are less interested so there's not the you know fan discussion for it everywhere like the first one was yeah, and I also think they're maybe going to do, like, another full push of, like, trying to get it in uh, magazine or magazines, Jesus, like, publications. Uh, they'll, like, at the very end, once all the episodes are out, there's like, now go get the whole thing. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. probably Cause, smart. Because I guess with that episodic stuff, it's good. It's I guess it's supposed to be, like, a TV show where you kind of have a week to, like, discuss it with other people and, like, theorize what's going to happen. Or, like, oh, what did you do? Like, since it's, you know, Choose Your Own Adventure, it's like, what did you do? Right. Oh, I did this. But – if it went too long between episodes, people just forgot and didn't care anymore. Yes. So it's got to be we're at. close to a week, if not maybe two weeks between episodes. Like, the game has to be done if you're doing it episodic and you just release them at certain intervals. You can't be working on it as the first one's already releasing. Like, that, that's just asking for trouble and falling Yeah, we're together. getting, like, quarterly episodes. <laughs> it's yeah, insane. Like, that's months too long between. For people to expect it- to care. Yeah, and I did lose interest, but by him mentioning it, it was like, oh, well, I, I he also had another interesting point. He's like, I feel obligated to play this game because he <laughs> spent the money on it. I'm like, I, I think I was gifted it by my fiance, and gosh, I feel obligated too because I can't blame her for buying me this game because it's like, oh, I am a Life is Strange 1 freak. Yeah, it's one of my favorite wanted, games. You showed it to her. like You got her into it. Exactly. So she knows how much it means to me, and it's not her. She would have never guessed that this was such a flop, but – all right, so I'm back into it. Mm-hmm. It's 
uh, it's kind of funny because it almost seems like this would be up my alley. God, what a thing to say. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's really it not. It's, it's super eye-rolly, and I'm just like kind of – I just think it's funny that this is how things are panning out. But it also, I remember in previous episodes of our show discussing this. I'm like, why are they even going to Humboldt County, California? I guess it does make sense. They start in Washington, get down to Oregon, and now they're in Washington. But they're going to Mexico. Start why don't you be like going way more inland trying to get like – I don't know, towards Texas and all that shit. Um, but anyway, so they decide to stop at Humboldt County because they team up with these hippies that are train hopping uh, to get away from the police and stuff after, in my experience, Captain Spirit gets hit by a car. That doesn't happen for everybody necessarily. <laughs> oh, um, also, like, spoilers if that's not obvious, but yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it, well, that's the thing. I feel like uh, that's not a su- super spoiler. because it like who the f- It might not. Yeah. Yeah, and who cares about Captain Spirit? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they are spending a month with these hippies, and their their job at this place is to just cut marijuana plants and, like, uh, harvest the buds from the plants and, like, trim them up or whatever. And they work, like, insane hours, and, like, the, the people they work for are extremely strict and have, like, AK-47s and are like, there's no fucking around here. And yet, you're, like, a teenager with, like, your, like, not even a teenager kid. Yeah, he's, like, nine years old uh, brother, yeah. and you're working at a pot farm in Humboldt County. And, th- all right, first and foremost, I have to say, and a lot of my, like, college friends know this about me, one of my favorite movies of all time is this indie masterpiece called Humboldt County, and I recommend anybody check it out. I've probably mentioned it on this show. I can't imagine it hasn't been brought up on Almost Better Than Silence at least once before, maybe mm. very early in the show. But it's just a really good like indie flick about this kid who's like stressed out at school. His father, like I don't know, is like the teacher of this class. Like he's going to school for med school or something like that. Gets super stressed out. He's like gonna fail out, and his father's like, "You're not gonna get the residency unless you pass this class, and I have to fail you," or some kind of like super like drama. So he decides to just like run off with this girl. And uh, she takes him to Humboldt County and, like, shows him her lifestyle. And he ends up just, like, losing track of his old life because he's just so caught up in these people that he's uh, met and, like, how fucked up their life is, like, that they are pot farmers. And it's, like, very stressful with, like, the feds coming in and, like, shutting things down and people, like, killing each other over other crops and shit. And he just kind of loses track of like what's going on in his in the real world, but and it's just like a really interesting story. I can't recommend enough. And then yeah, just go check it out. Look into the trailer if that's even remotely sounds interesting. It's a really good drama at the very least. Cool. Yeah. So it's just funny that yeah, I guess Humboldt County has a reputation of pot farmers, and that's I guess what they heard for when they decided to make this episode of Life is Strange too. Mm-hmm. It's still just the same characters though, and I just don't care. In fact, the episode starts off like with a scene before all the shit that happens with your dad, and you're in your home, and it's just like showing the significance of like this uh, like item that you you give your brother, and how he no longer cares for it. It's just like. I feel like even they recognize, like, where you're at in the story now. Like, people just want to be, like, in the teenager's room. Like, let's go skateboarding or something instead of just being, like, on the run from the law, snipping weed plants. I don't know. It's, like, it's such an interesting game. I'm not that far into this this episode yet, so I, I still have a ways to go. But um, I, I don't know. I guess so far I'm enjoying this episode more than others. But also, you're just dealing with these dirty hippies. In fact, this one chick's like hitting on you. And there's like this one option where you could say something about being a dirty hippie. And I'm trying to play it like, let's hook up with this chick. So I'm going to like really try to impress her. And in fact, there's this moment where the dude with the guns, like, Oh, he like smacks her on the back of the head. And it's like, you have a a chance to intervene or do nothing. And I was like, I'm going to intervene to like try to impress her. And then it totally backfires on me. Yeah. She's like, what are you trying to do? Be a white knight? And I was like, oh, she's like, I can take care of myself. I was like, oh, fuck. Well, I, I thought I was going to do something good. Yeah, damn it. I, um, I thought he was going to like, you, you don't want to piss off the dude with an AK-47. Right. That's what I thought I was a super ballsy move. I'm like, that'll be something she'll remember. But nope. She's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's never the option you think you should go with. You always have That's to second guess your choice in those games. Yeah. 
Um, and your brother's uh, getting better with his powers, but also being a dick about it. Like, I don't know. It It's definitely got potential. And I have a feeling that this is a make or break episode. If like by the end of this episode, I'm not like super invested. It's just like, man, this game has been like a C, C minus. Yeah, we were talking a bit about it on Twitter with Nick. And yeah, we both agreed that this is like the make or break episode. But the problem is with something like that, you have to, you know, you bide your time with a payoff later down the road. But the problem with something like that, where it can pay off big, it can be a big payoff, you have to have your fans still interested enough by the time you get to episode three. So with episode one, we did a whole spoiler cast for it. We It's been years. If you don't know anything about Life is Strange 1 by now, d- d- stop listening if you really Yeah, do. sorry. <laughs> um, but with Life is Strange 1, in the first episode, Chloe gets shot and dies. And then you rewind time and reset it. So that's like a big thing in the first one. And with this, your dad gets killed. But that's it. You can't, like, change that, and you're running from the law for it. So it kind of feels like it's, it's kind of the same plot device, but you have less agency because you don't have the rewind powers of time. And it's just – it's not – it's your opinion isn't that uncommon where people just aren't as invested in this story as they were with the first one. And, you know, be it for whatever reason it may be. Um, if right. it's just the same thing or if it's just, you know, the writing's not as good or if it's just a weirder setting people can't relate to or whatever it is. I think it's just characters too. Like just something about them irk me and like, I, I can't relate with them. It's, it's not, uh, it's, well, it's kind of like two brothers, but it's also more like a parent and their child. And it's like the shitty rebellious age of like a child, like early, you know, tweens. Teens. Yes. Well, it's early like tweens. Cause he's not, uh, Daniel, the younger brother, is not a teenager yet, but he also has powers, so he thinks he's bigger than he really is. So he's exactly. getting more rebellious, and it's kind of like, I don't want to deal with this shitty little kid. Like that's Kids are usually the worst part of any video game, because you just yes. can't interact with them, and you can't like push them aside or kill them if they block a doorway. So it's, you know, whatever the reason may be, like people aren't as invested, and we already said there's more time between the two like uh, episodics episodes each week that's redundant uh there's more time between the episodes releasing and it just i don't know it i i I agree with you it's it's not as good that's why i didn't buy it but it's you know it it really shows if the don't not studios is kind of like a one-trick pony if it was just kind of like a one-hit wonder because vampire came out and like some people really loved it but like overall it's kind of a lukewarm reception and this one's not doing that great either. So it's like, eh, they might have they might have played their hand. Yeah, and, I think they did. Well, I've already talked about like I like Life is Strange One, but I'm not the biggest fan like you and Mark and everyone else is on this show apparently. But it's I don't know necessarily if the writing and characters are any worse in the second one, or if they're if people just like the first one more, a la like Bioshock and Bioshock Two. Like yeah. I think Bioshock 2 is just as good as Bioshock 1. We've just seen that environment before. We know what to expect from those characters and those enemies and all that. So with the same with Life is Strange 2, it's we know how that gameplay works and how it's kind of janky. I've seen a few clips where like one character's talking and then they'll start talking again. So it's the same character talking at the same time and their lines are overlapping each other. Oh, and yeah. You'll clip through stuff and like it's not the greatest art style it's definitely a stylish choice but it's also not the prettiest and not like the you know most unique either so like it's kind of hard to really find out what's the selling point of this game because it's definitely not the gameplay because it's just quick time events and dialogue choices and it's not the art style is not amazing like uh, i'm trying to think of like some indie games like hotline miami or like uh Risk of Rain's a cool one, or uh, Hyperlight Drifter. Like those are art styles that will sell the game by itself. Well, that's I think the selling point of Life is Strange games is the drama and the music. Quite simply, like that's yeah. really what they're going for. And it's like that teen angst, like that emo feel. Like they really hit the nail on the head with a lot of it. And especially like before the storm, like I feel like that was probably their best almost because the, there was some serious shit where like my heart's in my stomach. Yeah, and I wonder if because this storyline for the second one is so kind of outlandish or unrealistic or unrelatable, people right. can't relate to it because it's such a fantastical, like, we're running from the law, we're fugitives, we're running down to Mexico, and it's all these big elements versus the first Life is Strange. A lot of it is just like, 
I have a bully or the teacher's being a dick or stuff like that. <laughs> so it was a lot more grounded and like people could relate or at least be like invested without being like, oh no, if I make the wrong decision, we'll die. Like, right. Absolutely. Like, if I make the wrong decision, my friend's mad at me. So like the right. stakes weren't as big. Well, well, you know, with Kate, like it was four. a little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but, uh, I, I, yeah. Artistically though, I got to give them credit. I think it's kind of cute how they, well, it's, it's, it makes sense because of the characters, like how he's telling this story about these wolves because it's, mm-hmm. he's telling a story to his younger brother. And it was almost like the beginning of episode three, like with like a previously on Life is Strange. Yeah. It was like this whole little like animation of the wolves and like how they met a raccoon, which was uh, Captain Spirit. And I saw like this raccoon jump at a police car and I thought that was really funny. <laughs> but overall... So far, so good with episode three. I, I'm optimistic because I am still such a Life is Strange fan. But like you said, everything you pointed out makes perfect sense to me why it's so such a lukewarm reception. I do think there will be a very small minority of people that are going to be like, I like this game more than the original. And by all means, you're, uh, you can have that opinion, but it just, I couldn't disagree more with you. This one is just not doing it for me. I almost, I think I even said on Twitter, like, I almost would prefer like another game with a person with time travel abilities or not time travel but like reversing time mm-hmm. uh abilities so that just in a different setting and different stories because i think you could do a lot with that but i i'm interested to see what they do with daniel's powers even though so far not much it's just like he has the force yeah well telekinesis but it's also a good point of in the first one you're the character with the powers and you choose when to do them right with this one it's your brother and it's kind of like you can tell him not to do something but he's a shitty little nine-year-old so he'll yeah, still he's do whatever brat. he wants anyway yeah so it's so, like well you know, the, the agency feels even more lost because you're not the one with the powers. Yeah, they probably want you to feel that way, too, and be like, oh, this sucks. You have to deal with your shitty little brother. You have to negotiate the powers, but then also it's a child you're talking to, so it's not always the logical choice. It's not always, like, the reasonable one. So it's like... Yeah, and these dirty hippies are dropping F-bombs left and right <laughs> around this kid. Um, I mean, but he, I guess- <laughs> he saw his dad get shot down in front of him. I think he's fine with hearing the word fuck. But I think he blacked out for that. He doesn't even. He didn't even remember that that happened. You had to tell him or something. I well, he think. sees it on the news and then he remembers. Oh it. right, that's right. So they've yeah. been through enough shit. They can curse. That's true. Um, but good luck to the little wolves trying to get to Mexico. I don't know. They're they're kind of trapped with the hippies right now, cutting buds. And I, it's an interesting story. I'll give them that. But uh, <laughs> not what I expected at all. So that's Life is Strange two update for you. Mm-hmm. Um, still playing strong with Diablo three. I am level twenty. Still, I think on Act one, I gotta wrap that shit up and move forward. Like I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I just I think I'm leveling <laughs> up my character and like not getting anywhere. And yeah. in fact, I thought that was one of the things I said on a previous episode. I'm like, as you an explorer an area and like you see the map like i don't know it like shows the map as you explore it i'm like i hope that that stays and then when you come back to that area the map has been explored it's not like that it's like every time you come to an area you have to just like re-explore the map and i'm like fuck so that's probably also what's throwing me off Mm, gotcha because i'm a like a super completionist where like i like to like get the full map and then i'm like all right now where do i go (laughs) (laughs) god i i i think uh uh, yeah, previous guest uh, Matt Owens uh, tweeted out. He's like, "What game?" You know, they're talking about it on his show. They're like, "What games did you like? The first game you completed a hundred percent, like got all the completionist stuff." And I thought about it. I'm like, "There's definitely games I've done that for, but I couldn't tell you which because I just I at some point I just gave up real early of just like I think it was the Assassin's Creed. It's like the first Assassin's Creed game. Just beat yep. that like urge to get a completionist run on any game like out of me just immediately of just like." Fuck this. This is not worth the time. (laughs) There's no payoff besides like a little achievement. Like Mark can be like a real achievement hunter where he's like, like, I think he lost data for one of his games and he replayed the whole game to get the achievements back. Oh, I just just do not care. (laughs) That's dedication. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think for myself. It would have been probably Crash Bandicoot 2. I don't remember the subtitle of it, unfortunately. Uh, Shit. What is that one? Not warped. That was three. That was three. Uh, Nitro or something. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, th- that game. I I remember specifically. Like, yeah, there'd be like a little percentage to see like how far you've done it, and like all the crystals and like time trial shit that you'd have to do. And I remember I finally got it to one hundred percent. I'm like, I'm never playing that game again. And I don't think I have, <laughs> except maybe <laughs> uh, the remake on PlayStation Four. I I was playing that Crash trilogy for a little while there. Yeah. I feel like doing 100% runs on stuff, you risk burning out on that game and hating it by the end of it. 
So yeah. I, I'd rather just like, I enjoyed my one playthrough and I'll move on. Like I lost all my like save file for the first Uncharted game and like I beat it, but I lost all the trophies for my PS3 and I don't enjoy those games enough to play through it again because it's the same fucking game. Every game, like every Uncharted game is the same one. So I'm yeah. just like, I'm okay. I don't need to keep playing that. I played the other three. <laughs> so, But yeah, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've been doing. Not too much. So I guess that's it for me, That what I've been playing. How about you? Uh, they released a new map on Overwatch. It's in Havana, Cuba. So I think that's where Havana is. Maybe? I'm Maybe. geography. Me too. Um, oh, man. I feel like I'm failing at Jeopardy right now. <laughs> uh, so that's fun. I've only played it a few times, but yeah, I'm playing more Overwatch here and there. I realize it's just the roguelike replacement for me, so I'm going to have to try and start weaning myself off of that too because it's just wasting time unnecessarily. Uh, I've actually been trying to get more into like D&D stuff uh, with my one campaign, and like I'm trying to write a one-shot and stuff, and I have like 30 characters made. So, oh damn! I'm just—I don't know why. I've just got the D&D bug again, and I'm just getting like more and more into it. Season three, here we come! <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no! Uh, I barely have time. Like that's the problem. No, like, I know I'm trolling. By the time you get I couldn't home, handle it. <laughs> by the time I get home, like I'll go to the gym some days, and like I end up having like two hours a day at most of free time, and like I, I don't have time for games anymore. <laughs> this job's killing me. Um, yeah, but so I'm doing a lot of D&D stuff. But then uh, I did, and some Smash, uh, what came out recently? Joker came out for uh, for Persona 5. He was a character. Oh, nice. That's recently. right. Um, and he he's fun. I don't think he's my play style. But it's it's kind of, I don't know if we talked about it already. He's kind of like not really that diverse of a character. He's pretty kind of a standard character. And then he has a meter that just builds up. And at a certain, at, when it gets full, his Persona comes out. And the persona just stands behind him and improves all of his B moves, like all of his special moves. So his like jump goes from a grappling hook to just a big like leap where he can fly. Uh, the dam the bullets do more damage, or he shoots more bullets. Uh, he shoots like a fireball that does more damage and stuff. So it just kind of improves some of his abilities, and that's kind of it. Like that's kind of his whole gimmick. So he's not- as far as like Super Smash Brothers characters go, he's not that interesting of one. But he's not. A shadow character, right? Meaning, no, like he he's has completely like... new. He's like all okay. the, all the DLC characters are completely new. Like they've already announced, they're not Echo Fighters. That's but, what I'm looking for. Yep. But like the problem is, there's so many unique fighters in the games already. There's like over 50, I think. Like it's kind of like ah, we're running out of stuff, and they're also confined to the games they came from. So he just kind of has like a gun and a knife. Like the interesting thing about Persona is fighting with Personas, but your Persona doesn't fight. It just improves the abilities you have. Right. So it's I don't know, he's kind of like stiff and I've seen people be good with him, but it's definitely not my type of character and it's I don't know, kind of underwhelming, but also like I mainly bought the DLC for the stage and the music cuz the music's phenomenal. Oh, nice. But yeah, it's kind of like uh eh. it, it was big hype because there's no Persona games on Nintendo right now and they announced Persona uh Persona 5 Scramble, which I believe is going to be the first Persona game on uh Nintendo. And I'm looking forward to that because that's basically Dynasty Warriors, but with Persona. Oh, neat. So I love me Dynasty Warriors and I love mindless just beat them up combat. Hack and slash. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's super fun. So I look forward to seeing how that does. Well, and one thing about this whole Smash thing, I think I saw this in passing, so I don't know if it's valid or not. But uh, is Earthworm Jin going to be a character? I mean, people are speculating that, but people speculate every character. Like, they've been talking about Banjo-Kazooie for so long, and Banjo-Kazooie was going to be in it, but then uh, Microsoft got the rights to it and made that Nuts and Bolts Abomination sequel. Oh, Uh, fuck that. So, like, that Microsoft getting the rights to that took it away from Nintendo and uh, Rare Studios, so they couldn't. But, yeah, people speculate all the time. I mean, it was a meme that King K. Rool was in the game for, like, the last five games, and then they finally put him in this last one. So it's people say stuff all the time. There's no real definitive proof. Nintendo's real secretive. So yeah. we won't know until they come out. I think the reason they were even speculating that was because there's like a chance that there might be a new Earthworm Jim game on the horizon. I it's think like, one oh, was shit. announced. Yeah. So it, that would definitely be a big way to announce like, hey, there's a new game and he's in Smash like that. That would be huge. But I totally. don't know. 
Definitely just a rumor, though. All right. Yeah. But the fact, oh, Earthworm Jim, though, that, that's such a nostalgic franchise for me. I feel like <laughs> I, when I think of that, I, I, don't, I don't know how many people played that game. I thought I was just like a weird kid for having that one. It was definitely a weird game. It was definitely like a Ren and Stimpy of video games. Like it had some really outlandish or adult humor, but it was still made for kids. And yes. It got real twisted at times, but it's great. And I mean, he's in, was he in Clay Fighters back on like N64? Oh, shit. I think okay. it was Clay Fighter 63 and a half. It was him. Someone else. <laughs> what is this? The and, na- Naked Gun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was him, Earthworm Jim, Boogerman, and I think a third character were like special cameo characters for that Clay Fighters game. Um, so, like, he can be in a fighter, and he I could easily see him working in Smash, especially with all the different mechanics they have for it. But people are also speculating Dante from Devil May Cry. Okay, yeah. Because the biggest like arguments against that were like, Devil May, Cry is, uh, Devil May Cry is not relevant. It's like, well, the new one just came out, 5, and apparently it's like fantastic. I've heard nothing bad about it. And they're like, oh, well, you can't have guns and that violent of like a character, uh, that ridiculous of a character in Smash Brothers. It's like, well, Bayonetta, Cloud, uh, yeah. Metal, uh, Solid Snake's in it. Like, So that's no longer an issue. And they're just like, uh, what else would be? And it was something else where it's like, oh, he's not like interesting of a character. It's like, Apparently, Devil May Cry Five, you beat people down with a motorcycle and then you rip it in half and use it as like swords and stuff. So it's like <laughs> I, he could easily fit in. It could definitely be like a Dante or a Devil May Cry character. So that people are speculating he'll be in it. He'll be another DLC character. Um, That'd be pretty cool. So it's interesting. My money. I mean, there's five coming out this year. So we already have. Technically, we only have one because the Prana Plant wasn't part of the five DLC characters announced. Right. So that was just like a pre-order bonus. So technically, we only have one DLC character so far. So there's still four more. I still have my money on Solier from Dark Souls. Oh, fuck yeah. Solier, praise the sun. I would play the fuck out of him every yeah. single time. You got enough characters with swords, so swords can easily be used. Uh, all of his different smash attacks could be a different weapon because they have used so much variety in Dark Souls. He's already got an amiibo. It's already on the Switch. Like, he easily could be a character. Totally. Yeah, um, I, I I would definitely vote for that one if there was a voting process. <laughs> yeah, but getting back into Smash a bit, like I, God damn it, I love King K. Roll. He's so fun to play. He's so satisfying. He's just a, nice. God, it's so enjoyable. Uh, but besides that, I also played uh, a newer, well, n- newer for me. Um, it's a game called Burning Daylight, and it's actually free, at least on Steam. I don't know if it's on anything else, and it's real short. It's like maybe 40 minutes to get through the whole thing. And it's kind of like Limbo or Inside, where it's just kind of a side-scroller game, and it just tells a story as you play. There's really no mechanics. It's just all walking, and a few times you interact with stuff, but you really there's no real challenges. It's kind of just an interactive story rather than a game. But it's because it was made by the Animation Workshop, which is a college in Denmark. And oh damn! Yeah, they've done a few like other animations I've seen. I followed the YouTube channel for a while because they had some really good stuff. They got they got some good uh, students there, and uh, it's really neat that they're just like, "Hey, here's this game, and it's free, and go at it." And it's like, "Oh, this is pretty neat. It's pretty legit for you know a school project and stuff." Uh, honestly, just looking at the artwork, it looks really impressive, and the descriptions makes this seem right up Mark's alley. Waking up naked in a slaughterhouse, replace that with prison, you must <laughs> escape and travel through a dystopian world to uncover the truth of your origins. I'm like, this has Mark all over it. It's dystopia, <laughs> uh, I don't know, sci-fi adventure game, uh, light puzzle elements, environmental storytelling. It, it looks really cool. It's definitely neat, and you know, you can't beat the price. It's free. But yeah. it's it's also like I said, there's there's really very minimal you can actually do, so it's it's not like you can fail. There's really not any puzzles. You just like, hey, go up to this big shiny button and press it. It's like done. You solve the puzzle. It's like well, that's not that's not really <laughs> a puzzle, but fair. Uh, it's definitely a cool little project they did, and I mean, hopefully this will show that the school's viable. Of like, look, people are interested in this game. We could make games and then make money for the school from them or something like that. Or just open up a new path for if that school doesn't already offer game design, they could work totally. On that. So it yeah, was and the people little... that worked on it can use it for their resumes too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it was really cool and a neat little world they built. It's, you could tell like you could just easily walk through so, certain objects that weren't 
solid. Like, you just clip through stuff. So, it's not the finest of tuned games. There are definitely little hiccups here and there. Uh, but it, it's neat. It's definitely a cool little project seeing students work on it and real, you know, put it out there in the world, especially, you know, from Denmark, from other places besides just, you know, New York and LA. Totally. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's yeah. a cool one to put on some of our listeners radar. I might have to play through that real quick. Yeah. It's less than an hour. So you can breeze through it real fast. Nice. And that's about all I've been playing. Like I said, I've been wrapped up in a lot of D and D bullshit that, Really, I have no other outlet for it, so I don't know why. Fair I, enough. I don't know why I keep making stuff for it. That's all good. Um, well, then, yeah, let's maybe talk about a couple news topics. I do have a what's that sound, really quick and easy one before we wrap this episode up. But uh, is there anything going on in the news worth talking about? Let me see. I already talked about Persona Five Scramble, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. It's definitely going to be one where you wait to reviews just to see if it's like broken. But I got the One Piece Dynasty Warriors game. It was like One Piece Golden Warriors 3 or whatever nonsense anime title it is. Uh, but it's basically just Dynasty Warriors with One Piece characters. And it's really good. Like, it's really fun, especially if you like that world. And Totally. It, it's probably the easiest way to catch up on One Piece without sitting through 800 episodes of the show. So oh, God. Anyone who wants to actually catch up on the game and not or catch up on the story and not just waste two years of your life, maybe check that, that game out. It's actually pretty good. Uh, a pretty good compilation of it. Um, there you go. But speaking of Persona 5, they also announced Persona 5 Royal, which is basically Persona 5 and a half. It's kind of it's, it's kind of a remake of the game with extra content. Oh, I thought it was like a Kingdom Hearts scenario where they're <laughs> like, it's the next game, but it's 0. .5. No, no. So it's, yeah, there's just like more content, uh, new character, uh, presumably more storyline and a new dungeon and stuff. I'm not sure how much more. Like if it's justified, if you if you have Persona Five, I don't know if it's justifiable enough to buy this game again at full price. But for anyone who missed the boat and was kind of like, ah, that that game sounded kind of cool. I you know maybe I wish I jumped on that boat. Here you can get this one with extra content now, so that's cool. Yeah, totally. Oh, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Elder Scrolls Adventure plagiarized Dungeons and Dragons, so Bethesda had to pull a promotional pen and paper adventure tied to the upcoming Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere expansion uh, after well-evidenced accusations of plagiarism. Uh, I saw that on a Game Rant article. Way to go, Bethesda. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing to fuck up. Nice job. Yeah, that's what I mean. You can't even be original in your fantasy environment. I mean, you guys got thousands of books and original like things of your own lore going on, and yet you decide... Actually, it might not be Bethesda's fault. It's their fault for hiring whoever did this. Like Someone clearly was just like, oh, the well's run dry. Let's go pick something that's already established, but... Yeah. Damn, that's just a I'm, shitty one. I'm curious of how much they plagiarize. I didn't look into it, but it's like Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, like at a certain point, everyone's stealing from it because it's for sure. D and D encompasses just so much. Like it literally can be anything you want it to be. Like, hey, this is like a Lord of the Rings scenario, like a uh, style world, but they also have guns, and some people have wings, and some people have like lizard claws. Like, sure, why not? Like, you can make it whatever you want. So it's kind of hard to not copy it in some way. Yeah, that makes sense to so me. I'd be, so I'd be curious how much, but if they were just straight up like. Yeah, took something out of like yeah. There are know, there are pre made campaigns and like sessions yes. and stuff. So if they just straight copied one of those, then yeah, that's you know uh, I think the Dragon Heist is the newest something some sort of Dragon Heist is like a newer campaign that came out. And if they just straight copied that, then yeah, that's plagiarism. Pretty much. So Bethesda's back in hot water. I don't know if they ever left. At, um, no, they just kind of live in the hot tub at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's the the temperature they have acclimated to. Uh, <laughs> also, I saw EA Access subscription service is coming oh, to PS4. Twenty nine ninety nine per year, so thirty bucks a year. You get to play EA's subscription service. No thanks. <laughs> hey EA, you know how you're in real hot water with Anthem right now, and how people are really pissed off with that and all the Star Wars Battlefront stuff. How about you charge them more money because you just love digging that hole deeper. Apparently, it just. It'll never cease to surprise me, the some of the idiotic ideas. But hey, they keep doing it for a reason. They keep doing these insane things for a reason. So maybe stop buying EA stuff. Yes, I think that's the moral of the story. And with all the Anthem bullshit, it's kind of presumed of like, this might be the final nail in the coffin for Bioware, unfortunately. 
but it's also a shell of what the company was in its prime. Like, everyone that was... Bioware was good for the storytelling and stuff. Like, even Knights of the Old Republic days, the gameplay's cool, but it wasn't the fu- it wasn't the nicest. It wasn't the most fine-tuned. It was definitely the story that compelled you through those games. And all the people that made some of those, like, great games like Mass Effect and Dragon Age and KOTOR, they're gone. They've moved on. Or they yeah. quit because of the bullshit EA was pulling. So, if Bioware has to go down... I'm fine with it because it. I mean, it's, it's it'd be a shame for people to lose their jobs and stuff. But like, it's sure. it's not the company it used to be. So that's for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, on a funny note. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say. Uh, there's one game that I really don't know much about. It. I'll be honest. The clickbait got me with this one on the article. Uh oh. It's a Kickstarter for a game called Subverse, and the title of the article just is a quote. Just says. We wanted to make a game. We wanted to make dick lasers and big bouncy anime titties. Says, <laughs> says the creator of the latest Kickstarter hit. And like, hey, fair enough. You know what you want. And wow. Apparently, yeah, he's not holding anything back and just being completely transparent about yeah. his motive. And apparently, people want it because they got like over a million right away. And like, it's people were on board for it. So Jesus people, Christ, people Way want to go their internet. smut. Yeah, it's all right. Let me see. Yeah, one point six million was it euros pounds pounds i think so cool. yeah no i'm just kidding uh rubles uh yeah so people want their smut and this guy is not ashamed to give it to him yeah yeah so hey to go, fair enough <laughs> that that title was just too good to pass up i'm just like i gotta look what this is yeah that is super clickbaity this one's super funny to me and it's a game that's been brought up on our show every now and then uh the stanley parable mm-hmm. uh ultra deluxe is being made and it's gonna have new endings and content and basta posted this tweet in our slack where it also says there's another update included where they remove stanley's soul patch so like the uh, weird little God. like hair underneath his uh <laughs> lower lip, lip. Yeah. It just and honestly though, but that's the thing. If this is like an upgrade to the game, like look at the graphics. Like there's nothing different about the graphical update shaped. other than him just shaving. <laughs> and I feel like why did they do that to begin with? <laughs> you what year see- did it come out? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Years ago though, like it's an older game. But like I, as far as I remember, you don't even see his face. So the, I oh. didn't even know there was a soul patch. Oh, Jesus. Well, then that's extra weird. I haven't even played the game, so that would make sense. But yeah, what a goofy thing to do. It's one of the, like, the first like really big, really successful walking simulators where like like Burning Daylight, like you don't really interact with much or you don't really do too much. But like it just the story happens around you as you move. And it's so good. Like the narrator just fucks with you and it's very fourth wall breaking. And it's it's fantastic. I can't recommend it, that one game enough. Nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, another game that's come up from time to time, PUBG. Cause, uh oh, yeah. I mean, it's not really that big, like uh, not that bad. Cause I honestly don't give a shit about PUBG at all. But China apparently has a PUBG like replacement because China doesn't understand what copyright is, so they just yeah they did it with Overwatch. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah, that game was just straight over. Like I, <laughs> I tried to defend them to it for his no. They they put a lot of effort into no, it, but no, you're right, no it's bullshit. Uh, but this one is just also the same. It's just straight up PUBG. But the thing that makes it newsworthy is I guess they don't want to show how violent it is for gunning down people for a first person shooter. So when you kill someone in this PUBG replacement game, instead of just dying and falling on the ground, the person like sits upright on their knees and like waves to you. And then they just give you a, all their gear in a loot box. So, oh wow! So it, it's just like a really happy death. It, it's just yeah, it's just kind of like a PG version of PUBG. Like they just censor all the death out, so they're just like waving it like "Good game, fellow gamer," and like waving. It's just like wow, why that is bizarre? Why make a game if you don't want to include shooting people? Now I just want to make a game where like replace guns with like you go hug people to death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it Gary's mod is out there. I'm sure people oh, have made shoot. some version. I've seen. Uh, Counter Strike, where the gun is just a cat, and like to reload. Oh no, that's not good. It's they people do some ridiculous stuff. So like, if you if you want a Counter Strike mod, I'm sure it exists somewhere. That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, cool news though. Medieval, medieval. I pronounce. Yeah. Uh, the old PlayStation game with like that weird, goofy looking skeleton guy with like the one eye and like the no jaw. 
He was yep. kind of like a PlayStation mascot for a while. Uh, it's getting yeah, a remake. Oddly enough. Yeah, yeah. It's getting a remake for PS4 in October. So pro- That's the thing. Probably that was Halloween. only like a one-off game, though, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, I, why was he a mascot? Was it? I thought there was at least a few games. Really? Okay, maybe there was. I just could have sworn it was just that game, but let me yeah. check it out. I mean, then again, it seems like neither of us have played it, so we might be the wrong people no, to say I did play it, but it was only, I think I played a demo. That's how long ago I was playing it. It was like uh, featured on one of these, like, I don't know if it was a PlayStation magazine and it came with a CD. And yeah, there was like a couple of different games you could try out and play like the first level of. And so, yeah, I played maybe the very beginning of that game, but not enough. But it was cool. Yeah, it looks like there's three of them. So, yeah, Medieval. Oh, damn. All right. Medieval 1, Medieval 2, and then Medieval Resurrection. And then, yeah, this remake. So. I'm, I guess I was wrong. Yeah, but I, I remember seeing the character all the time because he was like very recognizable, and I, I knew some people that really liked it. So, but yeah, I never got around to it myself. But maybe now you can with the uh, PS4. Yeah, I'd be interested in playing it as a remake instead of playing the old ass classic. Yeah, I also wonder if it's going to be one of those like uh, ukulele things where it's like, oh, it's like a 3D action like platformer game and like fighting game. Like, let's see how it translates to the modern world and like modern gaming. And some people are just like. Man, this game's repetitive and boring as shit. It's like, I mean, yeah, that's what, that's what it was back then, too. We just didn't have any other options. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and the last thing I had was Monster Hunter World, getting DLC, Iceborne. It's just like a big ice world, and there's a new Elder Dragon, and there's like a big, like, T-Rex deer thing. Like, it's got, like, the head of a, like, moose with, like, big antlers, but then it's just got, like, the body of a T-Rex. It's got, like, a little Damn. stubby arms. Uh, but yeah, like the snow looks beautiful and it interacts with it, like when you walk and just drag your weapon through it and stuff. And uh, apparently, it was announced that Monster Hunter World is the best-selling Capcom Capcom game of all time. So damn, I I'm all on board for that because that game was awesome, and I I can't wait to get back in there for more. So yeah, that's a cool that. way to pull people back in. Yeah. Oh God, I never got back when. Uh... Wait, no. I believe they only announced it for consoles, or it's only alpha consoles, but uh, Geralt of Rivio, The Witcher. That's, that's right. I think it's just for consoles right now, and they haven't announced when it's doing for PC. Because it's, as good as it is for PC, it's just really good, especially for Capcom, because they're usually terrible at PC ports. It's always like an eight-month delay from whatever happened on console to get translated over to PC. So I'll have to look back into if The Witcher's in monster hunter for the pc yet because that'll yeah that'd be cool into it. if the stars align and when you hop back in that becomes available shortly thereafter yeah um but that'll do it for our new segment i have a throwaway what's that sound so you <laughs> might as well just play it let's play what's it's that not sound. worth it we might as well just fucking do it All right, so we're playing What's That Sound. Like I said, there is a theme. I'm not going to explain what the theme is. You'll try to figure that out on your own. But uh, let's start with sound number one now. Ladies, please. So, do you know what that was? It's the fucking Howie Mandel uh, <laughs> fucking... I know what it is. Now I can't think of it. Uh, God, oh, well, that's the, even better because you got to get it right. The fuck I do? I'm looking this one up because I know what it uh. is. It's the the numbers game. The the let's make a deal. Number the deal munchers. or no deal. The price let's is make, deal. Yeah, you got it. There it is. Deal, deal or no deal. There okay. it is. Yep. They they made a shitty Wii game off of it, and uh, yeah, that's the thing. I wasn't sure if you'd be able to identify Howie right away, or if like Man, if you knew what that was. I watched Bobby's World. Of course, I know who Howie Mandel is. God damn it, that's the thing. <laughs> uh, that clip I even had him right before him being like, "Ladies, please." It was like, "I'm Howie Mandel, and this is Deal or No Deal." I was like, "Fuck, I got to cut that out." Um, but all right, you get that one. That was super easy. That's why I'm, this is a throwaway game, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it'd just be fucking game show like the Wii shovelware. <laughs> 
I'm, it you know what? Of is. I'm gonna say it right now before we even play the other clips. One of them is that like five second game show Guy Fieri did that they made a shitty Wii version of. Potentially, we'll have to find out. I just right. want to call that now in case it is. All right, sound number two now. Let's start a toss-up round for one thousand dollars. The category is occupation. Contestant number one, your chance to solve. So, uh, the Wheel of Fortune. Ah, you knew it right away. <laughs> so you did know that. Uh, that's the thing. In this shitty Wii version, they didn't have the rights to Pat Sajak, so the guy talking is just some weirdo. It, I don't know. I could have made that a lot more interesting, but that was super <laughs> Well, that's always what's so easy. weird to me. They're like, we have the rights to the Wheel of Fortune and everything in it, except for the people in it. So they just have, like, weird alter unit, like alter egos of the host like parallel universe versions yeah they're all still sociopaths but yeah <laughs> um but all right so you win what's that sound no doubt let's see if you get the hat trick uh let's listen to sound number three now jeopardy select your contestant enter your name Come on down. Oh, Price is Right. Yep. <laughs> if, if See, I knew this would be like a, 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 a home away. run, like no doubt, like you'd hit these out of the park. But it also like begs a question because I don't know, this is the game show edition of What's That Sound. I wish there was a video game of the game show Lingo. I know it's such a dumb game, but like <laughs> maybe even like an online version oh and get the rights to Chuck Woolery actually because he's the shit. And you I want to hear him say two and two right back at you. You know what? Uh, maybe don't get the rights to Chuck Woolery. He's kind of a sociopath now. Have well, you- they all are. That's what. Well, okay, I have a theory. Like with game show hosts, like you're just destined to degrade into like oblivion. Except for Alex Trebek. Well, like, I mean, it's Paige past Ajax and, like, Vanna White. I think they're fine. Apparently, they no. in between, like, shows, because with Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, they would record every episode for the year in, like, a month. So they would just knock them all out in one month, and then the rest of the year, they could just do whatever the hell they want. And apparently, in the early days of Wheel of Fortune, past Ajax and Vanna White, in between shootings, like, ran across the street to the bar and got, like, completely shit-faced for, like, two or three episodes. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but also probably not healthy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the 80s. What else you got to do? There we go. But that was, uh, I wanted to play What's That Sound specifically because I miss lingo. All right. <laughs> and that's going to do it for this episode. Let's uh, do some plugs and wrap it up. Uh, you have another podcast. Where can our listeners find that show? God, I think this just proves I'm better at game shows than I am video games for some fucking reason. Um, my other podcast is called Are Weeb There Yet? W-E-E-B. It's about anime, and I force my friends to watch anime with me, whether they like it or not. And, uh, yeah, you can find us where Are Weeb There Yet? Anywhere online. Uh, we did. Uh, we watched the Digimon movie for my birthday, and it's by far one of my favorite episodes because the other co-host Dugan fucking hates every second of it, and it's so enjoyable. Oh, I thought you were going to say he actually liked it. No, it's got a log because okay. it's just it's people always make fun of Pokemon of like, oh, it's like Turtle Mon and like Dragon Mon. It's like that's not Pokemon, but that is Digimon. Like that's how stupid Digimon yeah. gets. There's Deputy Mon, who's literally a gun, and his power is he holds two other guns. There's Drag. Uh, like Dragonmon, it was just like a dragon made of guns. Like it's so yeah. ridiculous, and I love every fucking second of it. And he is losing his mind. It's I highly if you don't watch anime, if you don't listen to the other podcast, fair enough. But I do recommend the Digimon episode. It's very entertaining. Awesome, very cool. Oh, uh, and I'll also toss in Tales of Illyrian. I've recommend this. I've uh, plugged this before. But they're doing a, their second season Kickstarter right now. And this is an anime series all on YouTube. And it's 
beyond amazing. Like, it's phenomenal artwork. Storytelling is great. There's no dialogue. So they're able to convey all this stuff just through music and, like, animation itself. And it's so incredibly good. And the second Kickstarter is going on right now. I already pledged, like, $150 to it. It's I can't recommend Damn. watching it all enough. And Very it's cool. Tales of Illyrian, A-L-E-T-H-R-I-O-N. It's so good. Oh, nice. Thank you for the spelling, because that sounds like a tough one. Yeah, it's, I think um, it's also Danish, so, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, listeners, I'm going to just plug my record label. If you have any interest, check out MissedOutRecords.com for some tapes, uh, vinyl, and t-shirts and hats and all that stuff, stickers. Um, but if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe, all the places. ABT Silence is our handle. Uh, maybe you'll see us Twitch streaming. I always lie about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for <Yeah>. tuning in. <laughs> Tell a family member, tell a friend, and we will be back next week. See you guys. See you.